good afternoon and welcome to Straight Talking English. This is the very ever so slightly two days late Christmas special. I am your host as ever Catherine. So Christmas special, I was having a bit of a dilemma because I've already done Christmas Carol in season three, the Victorian texts. And I am nowhere near scripting season four yet. So I thought I should give you guys a little treat. Put it on Twitter. What would people like? And the votes came in, actually unanimously, that people wanted me to look at an unseen poem and what I would do with it. So, bit scary actually. Um, If you're someone who has a little bit of fear when it comes to unseen, I am with you. Mostly, because if I'm trying to work on unseen on my own, I cuss like a sailor. Like, I'm going to try so hard not to cuss. In the interests of this being completely, completely unseen, I'm using a book called Poems for Life, Penguins Poems for Life, and I got my boyfriend to pick out a random page number. Um, you just got to take my word for this. I have not seen this poem before. It is by Frederick Goddard Tuckerman. Oh yeah, I'll leave you on that note because I forgot to do my uh, my admin at the start. Typically, I am that person that forgets to do the register till halfway through, and then like the office staff come in and just have a go. Right, I am SDR8 Talk English on Twitter, straighttalkenglish.com, where if you're in the mood for Christmas presents, you can find a load of free desktop wallpapers. If you go on tests as well on uh, SDR8 Talk English, you can get a load of like display stuff and bookmarks and stuff like that, little freebies for y'all and what else i have altered four books this year on amazon the full context series so if you were just dipping in now go buy them just go buy them it's gonna be awesome you'll love them i'm also on patreon slash straight talking english if you like what i do and you want to contribute to my self-control for not cussing during doing unseen then please 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 donate if you donate on the top tier i will research and do an episode and an essay on any topic that you want as long as it's about literature i'm not researching elephants or nothing anyway frederick goddard tuckerman i don't have a title if you want to google this but i'm gonna put it as the picture for the episode so if you just sort of minimize wherever you're listening then bring it up again it's the picture instead of my uh, pink stripe right first thing to do when we're looking at a poem is just read it most poems are designed to be read out loud and if you're in an exam situation you cannot read it out loud but we're gonna we're gonna do it today we're gonna do it today An upper chamber in a darkened house, where, ere his footsteps reached ripe manhood's brink, terror and anguish were his lot to drink. I cannot rid the thought, nor hold it close, but dimly dream upon that man alone. Now though, the autumn clouds most softly pass the cricket chides beneath the doorstep stone, and greener than the season grows the grass. Nor can I drop my lids nor shade my brows, but there he stands beneath the lifted sash, and with a swooning of the heart I think, 
where the black shingles slope to meet the boughs, and shattered on the roof like smallest snows, tiny petals of the mountain ash. Alright, alright, my first impressions, we've got some lovely pathetic fallacy, and we've got this hymn character, the, the man, who's having a bad time with terror and anguish. And my vibe is it's a ghost poem, but I'm not sure. I'm going to analyse it now. All right, before I look for language features or do anything like that, I'm going to look at the form of it. All right, this poem is one chunky block. There's no different stanzas. So stanzas imply a change of topic or a separation. So there's no separation. I'm going to have a look at these lines. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Oh, oh, there's 14 lines. Right, 14 lines, we know it's a sonnet. It's either Shakespearean or Petrarchan, but it doesn't really matter very much if you just say it's a sonnet, because sonnets usually resemble love. Let me just check it is a sonnet, because it will need to have iambic pentameter. That's where you've got 10 beats in a line and every one is every other one is strong. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Alright, alright, let's just check this. An upper chamber in a darkened house. Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, nice. I've got a sonnet. Alright, so immediately... Iambic pentameter represents the beating of the human heart. So we've got something that's a personal connection, physical connection, something about love, probably. Most famous example is Romeo and Juliet. They speak to each other in iambic because their hearts are beating in unison. Oh, so lovely. If you are of an age, and I just want to point this out, some of my uh, some of my stats on Spotify say there's some 150-year-olds listening to this. If you're of an age where um, someone else sleeps in your bed, um, which some of you are, my number one demographic on this podcast is teenage girls, and the second is people in their 40s and 50s. Um, your heart actually synchronises with the other person. It signifies peace that right right i'm feeling really good because i've got my sonnet represents love links to shakespeare gorgeous all right let's look at my rhymes rhyme scheme house brink drink close alone pass stone grass brows sash think bowels snows ash oh it's got a weird rhyme scheme okay okay i'm gonna assume that house and close are supposed to rhyme. So we've got A B uh, A B B A A B A B. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny actually because the first four lines don't fit with the rest of it, and there is not a couplet at the end. Alright, alright, so I'm going to go with the fact it's not a Shakespearean sonnet. We're going to say Petrarchum because I don't actually, can't actually remember what the definition of that is. I'm trying to do this semi-live to like give it a, um, a vibe of what I would actually do. 
So, we don't have the united lovers. There isn't a resolution at the end. The snows and ash. So, normally, in the sonnet, you have the volta, the turn, halfway through. We have got a volta, but there he stands beside the lifted sash and then the little semicolon. So, we have got a turn. But normally your sonnet has got um, the nice little couplet at the end, completion, little conclusion. And we don't have that. So it's quite um, quite uncomfortable. Ooh, I don't like this. Okay, so I noticed on my first read through I've got some nice pathetic fallacy. Okay, what can I spot now? I can see autumn clouds. I can see smallest snows. Okay, I've got mountain ash, but I, I reckon that is a weather with like ash falling from the sky. Autumn, things are fading, things are finishing. The associations that we have with that is like the end of a season. Snow, the winter's here. Ash, destruction, volcano. Okay, so it's we've got a poem about something that's finished. And by the end of it, time's moved on and things are bad. All right, all right, let's take this line by line. So an upper chamber in a darkened house. Right, okay, it's darkened because, okay, nobody's home, maybe, or it's deserted, or it's, like, creepy because it's haunted. Upper chamber, okay, um... Well, the associations that come into my mind, and bear in mind that everyone's going to have different associations. The poem will mean something slightly different to everybody. The immediate thing, I think, is the uh, classic Jane Eyre, Mad First Wife in the Attic. So we've got something secret. Where, ere his footsteps reached ripe manhood's brink. So, before this male character... Um, grew up so ripe manhood uh, the imagery of ripe fruit ready to go good to eat but he didn't become a man he didn't um, actually grow up so we're talking about someone who's young teenager I guess they're just about to be a man terror and anguish were his lot to drink um okay so we have this nice metaphor. Okay, it's not nice if he's drinking terror in anguish. Though, actually, to be fair, I'm reliving some of my teenage nights and I feel like I was drinking terror and anguish. So, yeah, it's going to betray my age. There was a thing when I was a teenager called Goldschlager and it was like Sambuca with gold flakes in it. And it was a stupid urban legend where, like, if you drunk it, you get drunk quicker because it would cut your throat. Oh, God. I'm just going to pretend. Let's pretend I'm classy and I've never had Goldschlager. All right. So these terror and anguish are commodified and he's consuming them. He's not consuming something nice like mother's milk. Who's given him this terror and the anguish is the first question. We don't have any other characters yet. So it's quite mysterious at the start. How did this character get into this situation? Alright, line four. We have another character. We have the speaker, the I. I cannot rid the thought nor hold it close, but dimly dream 
upon that man alone. Okay, so he can't move on, but he can't actually embrace what happened with this young man. Dimly dream, alliteration. So when you are in an exam or someone you know is in an exam, paper's always talking about the writer's methods. And I'm like, it's always... It's always hacked me off, and I still nearly cast there, but I'm doing really well so far. It really hacked me off, um, because that's just such an oblique phrase. It don't mean nothing. And part of the whole Straight Talking English project is I say stuff in normal people words as much as I can. So for writers' methods, just memorise the language feature and its function not the words the function dimly dream alliteration alliteration creates a sense of urgency help help harry's fallen in a hole i mean apparently it works apparently it works i heard this at a teacher a training conference back in the day when i was an nqt and i've just stuck to it it's a hill i'm gonna die on so there's this urgency coming at the end of line four But we have, after all this dark imagery, we have it quite pleasant. Autumn clouds most softly pass. Okay, things are fading, but they're fading gently. Cricket chides. Okay, nice sensory imagery of the little chirping cricket. But chides, telling off. Alright, why is the cricket telling us off? Well, its noise is reminding us of something alliteration again something about that cricket is urgent something about that memory is urgent beneath the doorstep stone okay so this house is overrun by nature because if you normally had a cricket on your doorstep you might shoo it away because also uh, greener than the season grows the grass okay repetition of the gr 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 sound so the writer is using repetition to highlight this central image of the green on one hand we've got this association with nature for green but also it implicitly links to youth um something about uh romeo and juliet the vestals throw off thy vestal livery sick and green (laughs) like stop being a young person it's like a reference to virginity Okay, so we've got nature's reclaimed it, and could that reference come back to this young person, or the speaker as a young person? Back to the eye, nor can I drop my lids nor shave my brows, but there he stands beneath the lifted sash. So this person can't close their eyes or um, shade themselves from the sun, without seeing this figure the lifted sash like um like a sash window one of those old school lifty windows that has got the bit of string in it i've got them and it is an absolute pain if you have sash windows get someone to replace them like replace them yourselves make yourself some out of like kitchen towel it'll probably be better so what's the relationship between this speaker and the male figure because normally sonnets are about romantic love but the speaker isn't gendered 
the next bit is and with a swooning of the heart i think okay swooning is normally like you know ah, onto a shaylong or something so maybe the speaker's female maybe their their love is still there maybe memories of this man are affecting them i missed out actually there is some lovely enjambment or enjambment or enjambment i've never been able to pronounce it like i'm rubbish with romance languages as i've pointed out several times i cannot do romance languages without sounding like del boy so i just try to stay away but anyway e-n-j-m-b-m-e-n-t is where the line carries sentence carries over from one line to another so um and with the swooning of the heart i think where the black shingle slope to meet the bowels as i said right as methods we just memorize the definitions so it either represents something flowing literally like a river or something metaphorically flowing like time or it gives an impression of natural speech so for example winter swans in the love and relationships half the anthology is uh, full of that because it's the water flowing it's their love flowing it's the hands that move between them so i think it's time flowing I think it's time or the love that the speaker still feels, but I'm not. I could argue it either way. Also, pro tip, if you can't tell, if you've said something genius or rubbish, start it with perhaps, because it makes it sound like you've thought of lots of options and picked your favourite. So perhaps the writer could be using this to represent the flow of time. That sounds like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so we've got this black and white contrast in lines 12 and 13. Black shingles slope to meet the boughs and scattered on the roof like smallest snows. Alright, black and white and total contrasts. Um, they can't mix or they become grey. So we've got this binary introduced. The guy is associated with dark because he's in the darkened house terror anguish and the speaker she's outside so i'm assuming like she's the clouds and the light so they can't mix there's something between them and then this lovely final image the tiny petals of the mountain ash i mean it, there's not a capital a if it was capital A, it'd be like an ash tree. Um, but it's almost like it's like Vesuvius. I'm actually really loving this. Like these little petals, these little bits of ash are falling and covering the roof like snow. I mean, yeah, it's like Pompeii where um, you know, everyone was buried in ash has there been a disaster is that why the house is darkened like is is that it is that like things have that like the house is on fire and the guy died in it or something 
like I really like this one actually of all the ones that my boyfriend could have picked this is actually not that bad a one so what do you do with this if you're in an exam or a teaching gun scene situation or you just want to show off and look like you know about poetry at, at parties um, first up you've got to look at the question if the question if you're doing your GCSEs will probably be how is something presented in this poem how has the poet presented thing so it could be the speaker the relationship the um, the weather the um, oh my gosh I don't know uh, the seasons colour whatever because you've had a go through of it first, like I have, just line by line, features, what does this make me think of? You're in a pretty good position to answer anything. Not gonna lie. Alright, so if I wanted to talk about um, the relationship, I could say swooning of the heart, I could say terror and anguish, because it's pity, uh, dimly dream upon that man. I cannot rid that thought. Cool. If it was like colours, well, I've got green, I've got the implied grey of the ash. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe that is the resolution. Like, because you've got the black and the white, but then the last colour is the grey. So actually, they have in some way mixed. Oh, <laughs> all right, the most random things pop into my head sometimes. The original Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy, where, um, oh, what's his name? Orlando Bloom goes to live under the sea for seven years, and he comes back, and Kira Knightley uh, comes to give him a hug, and there's a little kid. That's my vibe. It's like she's on the land, and he's under the ocean, and then, like, their DNA has mixed, and something new is produced. Oh, I loved the Pirates of the Caribbean movies when I was a kid until Johnny Depp became so really problematic. <laughs> um, if it's something like setting, we've got darkened house, we've got pathetic fallacy. Basically, there's, there's everything. There's everything in there. So if you're feeling a bit nervous and you're like... Oh my days, how does she do that? She's so amazing. Which I hope you're thinking. Which I hope you're thinking. <laughs> right, I'll go through it again. First up, you read through it. Just get a vibe of the thing. You look for rhythm, stanzas, rhyme scheme. I was lucky because I got a sonnet. But, in general, couplets mean a couple. Not couplets. Things are separated no rhyme scheme is blank verse means it's natural means it's chaotic look for that first you've already got this vibe go through it line by line thinking of your question all right all right single words what's that make me think of well if you think you can't do poetry by the way y you can everyone can so you look at the word ripe and you think right okay where do i use that word all right bananas mangoes <laughs> like yeah, yeah something's ready to eat but you don't want it to be overripe so it's just ready once you've gone through it line by line got some important words that you're getting the vibe of then you look through your language features 
because you're smart you've already managed to memorize like the purposes of all the language features so you're like all right score i've just got to drop this in somewhere and link it to the question and then bob's your uncle it was only on that second read through that i picked up more and i was like yeah yeah it's a good one yeah i'm actually really liking this one thing that young people say to me and it is one of the top five things that makes me rage inside and again i'm trying not to cast is how much should i write and i'm like i don't know like how much you want to write um i've been saying three paragraphs with different topics so for example if your question is how's the speaker presented uh regretful um linked with nature something like that different topics i go for three how many quotes do i need to use i get that one too uh many as you can man any evidence you got chuck it in um if you got a long line take each word individually and go through the associations of that like seriously don't if you're answering something or you're demonstrating something in class don't don't get hung up over but have i put in enough quotes have i got enough paragraphs it's like man man just really don't just focus on showing that you understand the spirit of the poem you understand like this enigmatic puzzle of imagery that's in front of you and just enjoy it i mean like how often does someone say right sit down and read this poem have a good time but i would love it if someone did that to be honest but no i just have paperwork right thank you very much for listening to my christmas special podcast sdr8 talk english on twitter straight english.com patreon slash straight talking english you can support me for as little as a pound a month buy my books buy my books you will make my christmas happy other thing as well the next season is going to be a revisiting of the aqa relationship and power and conflict poems they're going to be in a mixed up order it will be being turned into a youtube series as well depending on how much time i get off work basically so cross your fingers it's going to be seriously awesome but there may not be an episode next week because i am this is honestly this is my waterloo this is the hill the hill that will conquer me i am sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill of season four so it might take me a little while to get ahead on my scripts but i know you will believe in me have a lovely rest of the winter break enjoy everything that's good about this time of year and i will speak to you in 2020